Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jody Kang with you. We've spread it out so far tonight. Can't get some baseball in here because this is supposed to be the, the, the heart, the soul of the hot stove, the winter meetings. Yeah, but they're virtual this year, and we're all doing it from afar, and not all that much is coming down, but some has. We're going to talk about that with our next guest. I know winter meetings gone by. He and I have congregated together, maybe even cocktailed together, not being the case this year. Uh, MLB Insider for both the MLB Network and The Athletic. My buddy Jason Stark joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing, Jason? Jerry Mack, I'm good, man. How's everything with you? Good for the virtual world in which we're living, the COVID <laughs> world in which we're living these days. Yeah, virtual winter meetings, virtual hot stove, virtual world. That about sums it, it up. And uh, it, while I am trying not to poke fun at it, it is a little frustrating for a baseball uh, fan and seam head like you and I in that this is supposed to be time where we're really digging our teeth in deep to off-season moves and refashioning franchises and the like. I would describe the hot stove as barely flickering this year. <laughs> How would you describe it to this point? Yeah, I don't think you need a potholder to be around it. <laughs> I, I would say that's true. You know, just a, it, look, this is 2020, and there's just so much uncertainty in our lives, in our world, and in the sport that we love that it's really difficult right now for teams to make the kind of decisions that they would normally make. Plus, you didn't have a real winter meeting. So you, you know, we, there was no opportunity for people to get together face-to-face and brainstorm or um, have stuff pop out of the blue just from chance meetings in a bar. Those things happen at the winter meetings. They don't happen in the virtual world. Uh, so I think all that is contributing, but it's been really frustrating how little has happened. NBA free agency is over in like 48 hours. Baseball, we've been doing this for six weeks, and almost nothing's happened. Right, six weeks, and we have barely a move or two. But there was a move. It wasn't a player move, but came down within the last 48 hours, and you were out in front of it, that Dave Dombrowski is the guy that the Phillies have tabbed to take their franchise going forward. Kind of been a big twist and turn with the Phillies since they fired Matt Clintock and talked to a bunch of people. It didn't look like it was going to be Dombrowski, but then Phillies doubled back and Major League Baseball told them we're not putting a team in Nashville for a while. And all of a sudden, Dave Dombrowski was running the Phillies. Did the Phillies back into a real good thing here? 
Oh, I think that given the situation they were in, this was the right hire. But it's been it's been such a saga because they reassigned Matt Clintac, their general manager. It was ten weeks ago. Ten weeks, okay? And they tried to hire or at least interview every star or rising star in the industry. You name somebody, Jody, I guarantee you they at least kicked the tires. And a week ago, it looked like they were headed toward hiring Thad Levine from the Twins. He decided, uh, it sounds like for family reasons and because he loves it there, to stay. And so he backed out. Um, and at that point, they pivoted back to Dave Dombrowski. Now, I had checked with Dave two different times along the way. Um, he had told me, he told everyone he wasn't leaving. He'd committed. But as you just said, Major League Baseball told him this week, if you're waiting for a team in Nashville, you've got a long wait. And that really changed the way he looked at the Phillies. And all of a sudden, in a really short period of time, here we are. Note that Levine was someone that the Phillies were interested in. It came and it went pretty quickly that he made the decision to stay in Minnesota. Another guy that I thought would have been a real nice fit for the Phillies was Josh Burns. I know they interviewed him at least once. How close was or wasn't it that Josh Burns could have been the guy if they hadn't eventually circled back to Dombrowski? Yeah, that's a difficult question to answer. Now, I, you know, I, I, I am a person who broke that story that uh, – Josh Burns had decided to stay with the Dodgers. Um, the impression I get is he started to get the vibe that they were in on someone else. Turned out to be that someone was Dave Dombrowski. And so he decided, you know what? I'm happy where I am. My kids are happy where they are. There's just no reason to, to drag this out. So I don't think that Josh Burns was going to be the choice. And I think he got that impression. Fair enough. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about the moves that haven't been made. Uh, not a <laughs> bunch of free agent signings. Up until just a couple of days ago, no one had signed even a two-year deal. And now we've gotten a couple of two-year deals, but that's about it. Uh, no links, no mega dollars. Which of these two bridges is going to be crossed first? Um, I, you know, I think at some point, George Springer or Trevor Bauer or D.J. LeMahieu, uh, they seem like they're the, the first three most likely to sign. And they'll, they'll be years in dollars, plenty of both in those deals. Um, you know, it's hard to say which one comes first, Jody, um, but th- there's a lot of activity with all those agents and all those players and multiple teams. Uh, like I, last year at the actual winter meetings, it felt like we had 20 Mega free agents sign in two days. Um, this year, you know, I keep this list of the top 50 free agents, top 25 free agents. Um, Charlie Morton is really the only guy on the list who has signed out of, 20, out of the top 25. But sooner or later, that will change. Jason Stark, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio, talking about the uh, somewhat slow offseason and uh, the virtual winter meetings this week, hot stove MLB. Um, the uh, California Angels, the Anaheim Angels, the South uh, of Los Angeles Angels, call them what you want these days, um, did make up moves the other day, including taking in two Iglesias, 
almost yep. a back-to-back move. Uh, Rasili <laughs> closer, maybe a little bit more important than uh, Jose the infielder, but it's actually the Jose Iglesias move that intrigues me more. Does that signify that they are moving on at uh, shortstop, that, uh, that Andleton will be going somewhere else? And if so, are you hear any, hearing anything on his landing spot? Well, I, I think it clearly signals that he's not going back there. And then he gets caught up in this swirl of uh, musical shortstops. And he got plenty of teams looking, but he's in this group with Didi Gregorius and Marcus Simeon. And, you know, I think they're ahead of him in this line. So my sense is that shortstop market is going to drag on a while. And, you know, one of these guys, it's not impossible that all of these three guys wind up taking a one-year deal somewhere. Um, Look, there's a waiting game going on. We've mentioned it. And, you know, now that you get into mid-December, you have so many teams in a season like this where the cash flow issues are everywhere who are determined to drag this into January where the prices seem to come down. I think all those shortstops are in that boat. Fair enough. And if they drag it into January, they can just as easily drag it into February and who knows, maybe even March. Um, One thing that didn't get dragged that stayed on time was the Rule 5 draft. Always a staple of the winter meetings done virtually like everything else these days. 18 players selected. That's about a usual Rule 5 draft. Some years more, some years less. Uh, Anything of significance that you heard from your sources that couldn't believe he was sitting out there, perfect fit for the team? Uh, Is Rule 5 draft going to have any impact on the 2021 season? Uh, You know, I think it will, undoubtedly, in ways that we probably don't expect. Like, there are a lot of arm strength guys who have had Tommy John surgery or haven't been able to find the strike zone. You know, the guy that we heard a lot of speculation about was uh, Trevor Steffen, who's a pitcher who was taken from the Yankees by the Indians, uh, was a, you know, looked like he was going to be a star a couple of years back, didn't progress the way you would have thought. But, but there's a lot of lottery tickets in that Rule 5 draft. There's not a lot of headlines in it. Um, I, you know, it, it's not like you're you're standing in the back of the room and all of a sudden Josh Hamilton gets drafted, which happened, how many years ago was that in the Rule 5 draft? I don't think there are any Josh Hamiltons in this group, Jody. Understood. Uh, you mentioned the uh, backlog at shortstop and a bunch of guys who are out there on free agency. There's a couple more that hit free agency next year, one of which we know is absolutely being chopped, and that's Frankie Lindor of the uh, Cleveland Indians. Uh, the Indians got themselves an arm. He's not going to be taking in the Rule 5 draft. He's not going to be taking Lindor's spot. Uh, what are you hearing on the Lindor trade talk front? How does he figure in the domino effect of shortstops? Well, you know, of course he does. Um, but, you know, I think the Indians know this is the time to do it. And because of that, you know, they're pushing harder than they have in previous off seasons, previous trade deadlines. But they're running into issues. You know, teams shopping for a shortstop have three pretty good free agent options. And they know that in a year, they can go shopping for Francisco Lindor, Trevor Story, Corey Sager, 
um, and not have to give up any players. So the Indians are they're really good at making these kinds of deals and getting something better than you probably expect that they would. But this is a tough one. This is a really difficult guy to trade because he's the face of your franchise. He's such a magnetic player. It's going to be such a, a traumatic experience for that fan base to lose him. And so, you know, they, they've got to hit a certain threshold in the return that they're having issues with. I really think, and I know you've heard this before, that the team to watch is the Blue Jays. Uh, the Blue Jays are being incredibly aggressive at a time when they know the rest of the industry is not. The rest of their division is not. Um, they made the playoffs this year a year ahead of schedule. And, they, I mean, they've got a tremendous young core group. Uh, you add Francisco Lindor to that group. You, you, know, you move Dante Bichette off of shortstop. Um, I can't imagine they would trade him, but maybe they do trade Calvin Biggio in that deal. And it could work for everybody. So I'd watch that one, but it's not like there's no interest in Francisco Lindor. It's just what's the price tag going to be? Jason Stark, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio, talking hot stove. Let me take two more questions. Uh, Time to get Jason Stark in here on CBS Sports Radio and away from the actual winter meetings and the player movements. And the like. The first is DH for 2021. I've been saying since the uh, season that I thought there would be no DH in the National League in 2021. It would be part of a collective bargaining agreement, a bigger one this upcoming next offseason than the one that they have to get another COVID season underway. It this is an ever changing and fluid situation, and it uh, depending on who you talk to, it changes. But last I heard, that seems to be the way they're going. Uh, is it going to get done this off season, or is this something that ownership is going to hold on to and say this is a big chip for us next year? Jody, if we lived on another planet where this union and the commissioner's office, the owners had a different negotiating history. This would have gotten done two months ago. But we don't live on that planet. We live on this planet where they just can't seem to agree quickly and easily on anything. And so this is one of those weird deals where both sides really agree. You know, uh, the union wants universal DH. Uh, Major League Baseball is in favor of the universal DH. But... Because it's become a negotiating issue, um, they they can't figure out what to trade for it. And so here's what's going to happen. It's going to wind up getting thrown into this much bigger pot, much much bigger stew with all kinds of other issues, Um, other rule changes, including some of the ones we saw this year. Pitch clock could be in there. Uh, Expanded postseason will be in there. You know, at some point, there could be a, a, a fight over whether you have to push back the season and play fewer games and what that means. So this is this is just going to get stuck in the middle of that big tug of war, which means my you know everybody wants it. So theoretically, at some point, it has to happen. But when when do we know that? So it's no surprise that Major League Baseball has told the National League teams. You can't assume anything, so you need to prepare as if you will not have the DH. But I think in the back of their minds, they think it's likely that there 
will be one. And certainly after 2021, when they get the new labor deal done, they'll almost certainly be one. So, like, I'll give you an example of how that plays out. Marcelo Zuna was mostly a DH in 2020. Right. Uh, he did play 20-some games in the outfield. So he's a guy, if you're a National League team, you can sign him because he can play the outfield, even though you'd like it played better. But know that if you sign him for five years, the last four, he can DH. So I don't think it hurts his market. It really limits, say, a Nelson Cruz's market, right, because he's purely a DH. Right, only uh, American League this year for a guy like Cruz. Um, last question, Jason. And I know this uh, hits home for you as it does for me. Baseball has just recently come out with a formal plan as to how they're going to reincorporate minor league baseball this year. There was none this season. They cut the draft significantly back. They're streamlining their business, which is every business is right to do so. And it's probably necessary. But they made some significant cuts, and there are only going to be four levels of minor leagues now, low A, high A, double A, triple A. Um, That means a lot of teams and a lot of towns are going to be losing their minor league uh, teams and uh, just less opportunity for baseball fans to go out and see some level of professional baseball. What's it going to do to the quality of the game? Lesser teams mean lesser opportunities, mean lesser Cinderella stories. Is it going to have a major impact, a minor impact? Will we not even realize it other than if your uh, town was one that had a small enough team that it did get uh, kind of blown out of the water? What is going to be the impact in baseball in the removal of a chunk of minor leagues? Yeah, well, you know, we've we've lived in a world where the minor leagues looked one way, Jody, and it's never going to look quite that way again or feel quite that way again. Um, you know, I, I have friends who are minor league owners, minor league executives, including some who have lost their teams, or at least have lost the affiliation that they valued for their teams, and they're hurting right now. Um, you know, they're 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 determined to try to find a way to get back into the mix in future years. But this was just one of those situations where Major League Baseball had so much leverage. Uh, the pandemic accelerated that leverage. They used it all to try to get what they want. And as you said, you know, I understand that it makes sense to streamline your business, um, to try to achieve better geographical proximity for all teams to their minor league affiliates, uh, to have the best possible facilities. Like all of that happens. But you know, what it means for those communities that lost their teams, that's heartbreaking. Yep. And then when you start doing the math on 40 teams, um, 20, 22, 23 players per team, and do that math, right? that's nearly a 1,000 kids whose dreams get crushed or have to go play in an Atlantic League or some independent league. Uh, I think the independent leagues are going to expand and you know hopefully thrive out of this. But Here's the big thing. You know, minor league baseball is an entry level into fandom for so many people who don't live in a major league city. And, you know, I've heard from so many of these fans who, you know, went to a game in Jacksonville and saw Giancarlo Stanton play and fell in love with that guy. And because of that, rooted for him wherever he went. You don't have that same connection 
right? If you if this is an independent league, you don't have that same connection unless you really get lucky and that guy you saw in the the draft prospects league turns into something. Um, to lose that connection, I think, is really damaging to the sport emotionally, financially, every possible way. And that's the part that I worry about the most, I think. Jason Stark here with us on CBS Sports Radio. JS, I wish I was sitting across a bar in some uh, (laughs) big hotel, too big hotel, in a winter meetings fashion. But uh, getting you on the phone is second best. I appreciate it greatly. Thanks for hopping on. We'll be reading you. We'll be catching you on the tube. Thanks, my friend. Jody Mack, always a pleasure. Happy holidays to you and yours. Hall of Fame uh, scribe and uh, all-time baseball insider Jason Stark, my guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 